Hi, welcome back to Redefined by Love, and my name is Jen, your host of this podcast, and today we are going to talk about guarding our hearts, and um, if you're even a little bit familiar with scripture, you would be familiar with the scripture found in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 and that is really where we're going to come um as far as discussing this but before we get into this i kind of want to talk about a few things so first thing um we notice is that when we think about guarding our hearts i think a lot of us don't fully understand what that means so what i what i'm saying is this Sometimes you come across a person who feels like they're guarding their heart and the way that they do it is to be very rigid, to be very um, firm, to be unbendable and kind of hard-hearted. There is a difference between guarding your heart and being hard-hearted. So what is the difference? So when we think about being hard-hearted, you know, for lack of a better uh, way to put it, having a hard exterior or hard heart, it doesn't flow from the place of protecting yourself. It flows from the place of keeping others out and holding firm to your beliefs and your opinions about things. This in and of itself is not um, a good thing because we need to let others in. And when we have a hard heart, oftentimes we won't let other people in. It's meant to keep other people out. And so we wanna make sure that we deal with that situation and we don't let ourselves become that person. So the first thing I wanna look at is I wanna look at, what scripture means when we talk about the heart itself. So according to the Strong's Concordance, the word heart um, means the soul, living being, our life, our self, our person, our desires, appetites, emotions, and passions. So when we look at a scripture like Proverbs 4.23, it's telling us that we want to guard the seat of our being, which is our heart. So let's examine this scripture a little bit further because I think there's some some additional um, info in here that could help us kind of understand. So to to set the scene here, um, in Proverbs 4, uh, we are finding the um, King Solomon, who is David's son. These are the final words that David gave him. So these are kind of like the advice that David gave him as kind of like a last word. So like it was like his pep talk to his son, you know, the like the talk that you would give your child before they go off to college or before they take their first job interview or, you know, just like final thoughts and final words to keep in mind so that they can avoid some of the pitfalls that tend 
to trap people, right? So it's a beautiful scene that we're, we're coming into here. So David says to Solomon here, he says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So what does this particular passage of scripture really mean? What is, what is David saying? So the first thing we have to look at is, of course, where it says it's the wellspring of life. What is a wellspring? The wellspring is the seat of um, life water, because we know water is signified throughout scripture as life. So the, the wellspring is, this is the seat where the water of life flows out. So in other words, whatever's in there is what's going to come out. So when we go back to looking at the definition of heart, we understand he's saying whatever is in our soul, whatever is in our um, desires, whatever appetites we have, whatever emotions we have, whatever passions we give ourselves to, these allow the wellspring of our lives to flow. So it got me to thinking about something, especially a channel like this one where we talk so much about emotional and mental um, trauma and abuse and overcoming these things. It made me really think about how many times some, some of us experience these same situations over and over and over again, and we ask ourselves, like, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep meeting this type of person? Why do I keep encountering the same situation? Well, if we take this scripture to heart, right, we kind of have to accept partially that maybe what we're attracting and what we're encountering and what we are pulling from is in a way, the way we see ourselves, and it's also might be what we are sending out. So if we're sending out these negative um, viewpoints and beliefs and, and situations and that, then of course that's what's gonna come back to us. But there's something um, really interesting that I noticed. So we could talk about guarding our heart as much as we'd like, but how do we guard our heart? How does scripture tell us to guard our heart? Well, one thing um, that we notice is that in the, sorry, in the book of Ephesians where we talk about the um, armor of God, it tells us that we guard our heart with the breastplate of righteousness. And when we look at the breastplate, Plate, the breastplate has a specific purpose. It's to guard your chest, to keep it guarded. So it says, um, it says to put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. So let's take a minute and think about this. So we live in a culture where we will avoid at all costs a discussion about holiness. We don't want to talk about holiness. We want to act like that's a curse word in the church. We want to act like it's something that's a religious duty. But holiness, our, 
are our Christ-like behavior that we begin to exhibit as we grow in our understanding and knowledge of him. This is what protects our heart. And I think that sometimes we don't take the time to invest in protecting our heart in the ways that we should. Because it is so important that we know that the things that we are operating in, the things that we are letting into our innermost being, right? Holiness becomes the protection and the, 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 the decider of what comes in and what doesn't. So if I'm only letting holy, Christ-like, um, kingdom-minded things in, then only that shall come out. And I think that's the part that we, we kind of glaze over, you know. And, and it's so important for us to look at the state of our hearts. And sometimes that is very, very difficult. Because if you're anything like me, if you've been through a lot, if you've encountered a lot of abuse, if you've encountered a lot of frustration in your life and heartbreak, you might be a person that's like, man, I don't even want to look in my heart. I don't want to know what's there. <laughs> like, I'm scared to know what's there. I'd rather sit in delusion and pretend that everything is okay. But the Lord would have us say that he does want us to look at our heart. So in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, it says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. So here we have the psalmist saying, gaze into my heart and reveal the state of it to me. Tell me if I've strayed from the path that you would have me walk. And if I have, you be the thing that guides me back to the path. This is so important because when we think about trauma and we think about abuse and we think about the things that many of us spend years trying to overcome, years trying to deal with, years trying to move past, oftentimes it hides in the innermost parts of our hearts. And again, we know that this word hearts, it means our soul. It means our desires. It means our innermost being, right? If we, uh, if we move ourselves to the place where we are letting those parts of us be consumed and totally overtaken by our love and devotion to the Lord, then there can be nothing lurking there that can cause us harm. But when we set aside the desire to truly, truly live from a place where we are fully and completely allowing only what is right in his eyes to have a seat in the space of our heart, then we protect ourselves from the possibility of a lot of these things, right? And like if we if we look in um, in Psalm nineteen and fourteen, you know, 
David says, let the, med let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What is he saying here? He's saying the way that I'm going to make sure my heart remains pure, the way that I'm going to make sure that I don't have anything lurking in there that doesn't belong is I'm going to set my heart. I'm going to set my mind. I'm going to set my focus. I am going to set everything on you. I'm going to refuse to let anything make a space in, in my heart that isn't in alignment with you. This way we keep the passions that we pursue in line with him. We keep the, 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 the thoughts that we have because that's the seat of the mind. We keep those on the Lord. We, we keep our um, soul, our emotions in line with things that align with the Lord. And no, this is not perfect. This is not meant to be an overnight achievement, right? This is something that we have to choose to walk out every day. If we really go back, so if we go back to the scripture that talks about the armor of God, we need to understand this, this scripture this is not talking about our spirit. This is not talking about our spirit. This is talking about our soul realm. This is guarding our heart. Putting on the armor of God is guarding your heart. The armor of God guards your heart from being attacked by the enemy. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that is challenging because it means that we have to face some things. But if you have to face it, then face it. Because that's how we avoid going down these paths where we are repeatedly dealing with the same trauma over and over again. We are repeatedly dealing with the same broken um, seasons over and over again. But if we don't guard our heart, if we don't protect the space of our soul from these things, then we will repeatedly encounter them. I see so many of us, and myself included, like there are battles that I've been fighting my entire life. And at some point I just kind of begun to take the take the stance that, okay, this is just normal. This is just the way it is. I just don't have friends. Or I just experience these emotional outbursts that 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 aren't grounded and rooted in truth. I just experience them over and over again. And the reality of it is. Maybe a time or two, you can say, oh, it's just something that happened to me. But after a point, after a point, you have to become mature enough to say to yourself, okay, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep meeting the same guy? Why do I keep finding myself thinking these patterns of thoughts? Why do I keep coming in direct opposition to the truth that I believe, which is the word of God? It's because I'm not protecting, I'm not guarding the seat of my heart.
right? And then here's, here's the piece, right? When we, uh, when we begin to understand the state of our heart, so when, when he does reveal to us that something is in there and that we've begun to walk in something that doesn't align with his nature, that is not part of his heart for us, then we have to make a decision to lay that thing down, to walk away from it, and to repent, to turn away from it, to take another mind. Anyway, lately, I've just dealt with letting go of so many things. Some of which I thought would be a part of my life forever. Some that were miracles to begin with. But letting go is actually the position of maturity. Because sometimes it is by letting go that we can embrace the new that God has for us. I just wanted to talk about something really quick tonight. Something simple that I thought we could all relate to. Hopefully it blessed you. I will see you guys next week.